How's everybody today? Great. Give me a big smile. Some of you look pretty scary. <laughs> All right, the sweet life, we're in the middle of that. As Pastor Marcus mentioned, grab your notes. And uh, there's some fill in the blank there, so you want to follow along. And I want to reiterate what he said. You'd be surprised how often I talk to people who hear about an event and say, well, I didn't know about it. And I said, well, it was on the back of the notes. Oh, we don't read that. Why? These are good things. We got great stuff. I mean, just look at that. A road rally, if you're into cars, ladies, Bible study, if you're into ladies, <laughs> Bibles, studies. Anyway, you get the picture. I'll get in trouble. I'll just stop right there. Sweet life. Let's start with Galatians chapter 5. Hey, do me a favor today. Read this with me. Don't be lame like the service last time. They, they just did not read this well. So let's hear it, okay? Read it with me. It's on your notes. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All righty. Hey, anyone here think we need a little more kindness and goodness in our world? No doubt about it. It's a horrible place right now. If you just follow along this week just in the news and things that you've heard, politics is a mess. You have stuff with rights going on. You have all sorts of relationship issues uh, going on, things happening in neighborhoods. And my favorite uh, exposure of kindness and goodness is road rage. It's crazy. People are doing crazy things, injuring lives, killing people. All right. So uh, in the interest of helping the road rage uh, kind of people, I found some bumper stickers that might promote kindness All right, on the road. Here you go. Hopefully this is not on your back of your car. Uh, we're floating around the parking lot today taking pictures. We'll be having a discussion following service. Anyway, here we go. These are actual bumper stickers you can buy. Enjoy tailgating. I'll slow down and make it easier. This is one of my favorites. You can't operate turn signals. What makes you think you can operate your car? Yeah, it's promoting kindness. I mean, you've just good feelings. All right, this is the worst. Honk if you're annoying and nobody loves you. <laughs> you might get a gesture or two with that one. Uh, someone sent me one this morning uh, from last night. All right, this is so good. This is so church. Do you follow Jesus this closely? <laughs> so we're going to order those. They'll be available at the... Guest services next week. Anyway, hey, I'll be honest. Driving's the area that tests me the most. It just, you know, honestly, I am a kind person. But something about when I get on 470, the devil just takes over my car. It's a horrible experience. Uh, I would probably buy all those bumper stickers and put them all over my car. But there are other areas, things that get me. I don't know if these get you, but lines. Rude people, lines, people cutting That just annoys me, all right? It annoyed me when I was in the third grade and people would cut 
You know, those kind of things. I just, I don't feel kindness when people do that kind of stuff. Uh, honestly, as a pastor, sometimes self-righteous people, none of you are in this service. They were all here last night, and they're coming at 1045. But this service, you got all the real, regular, good, righteous people. Uh, even spouse and family. You know, sometimes for me, uh, early on when I got married, I thought all of life was about me. I thought my wife was there for my benefit. I thought my kids were there for my benefit. I mean, kids were great back then. I mean, the things changed. I mean, everybody's now lovey-dovey kind. But back then, you could just be an ornery dad, and it was acceptable. I mean, you know, even before you had remotes, you had kids, you know? <laughs> Junior, go turn it to channel four. There was only like five channels back then, but anyway. So, I mean, it was just a place where I had to grow in how I treated my wife, how I treated my kids, all right? Now, I, I'll give you something here, okay? I know that it's Saturday, Sunday morning. Some of you are just kind of waking up. You're a little foggy. You might not be able to stay along with this. But I'm gonna, I really hope you get this message. But I want to give you one thing that if you can remember this, it's a freebie. It, it, it's not spiritual. Please be aware of that. All right? But it's going to help you at least in this area of kindness with a better word. All right? I don't know if you do this while you're driving on 470. Do you ever yell, you idiot? You know, did you ever do that when you had little kids in the car and they mimic that? Okay, we've done that, all right? So I want to protect you if you've got children. I want to give you a better word, okay? Just remember this word, zounder kite. Y'all say that, zounder kite, okay? All right, it is a Victorian word that means idiot. <laughs> Pretty good. You know, so next time you're driving down the road, somebody's annoying you, just yell out the window, hey, your mother raised a zounder kite, they're going to, thank you. Thank you. So just remember, Zounder Kite, if that's all you get out of this message, at least you got a better word. So, hey, let's talk about kindness and goodness. There was a lot of confusion when I started looking at this. What's the difference? What is kindness? What is goodness? And I'm telling you, it was a, a, a probably a three-hour process of looking into all of the biblical references, uh, Greek, and all that went with that. And I, I will tell you this. The word kindness and goodness in Scripture, they were pretty much interchangeable. But Paul, when he writes this here in Galatians, I want to give you the exact definitions that he provides us so you can understand where we're going with it today. First of all, kindness, it's a Greek word. I'll pronounce it the best I can, kreistoses, kreistoses. It's the word that means having a good or loving nature. It's a disposition of your heart, the sincere desire for the happiness of others. It's a state of being. Kindness is just something you are. You are a kind person. It's what's in your heart, all right? So when Paul writes kindness here, it's a matter of your heart. Goodness, the Greek word there is agothune. It means goodness is the practice or the outward effect uh, or expression of kindness. It's doing things which is good for others. Now, there's components here to goodness, okay? If, uh, if you go out to the food truck today and whatever you order is fantastic, you would say to the person next to you, man, this is good. This is whatever you order. This is good. It's an excellent or a quality, all right? Or doing something that is good or beneficial to others. It includes moral excellence. You'd say that's a good person. It includes quality, as we mentioned. Generosity. Paul defines here goodness as generosity. So you can imagine if you do good things, you're expressing a generosity to someone in some way. It's actions to express the kindness. So 
Goodness here is an act of doing. It's what's in your actions. All right, let me give you a couple examples. So uh, a couple years ago, two and a half years ago, we found out Brenda had cancer, stage four. Uh, we went into uh, Kaiser and uh, they assigned us two doctors. And we were told by people who have Kaiser, man, you're lucky. You got great doctors. Uh, our doctors, uh, Emery Schubert, our gyno-oncologist and our oncologist, Dr. Scott Kono, they are fantastic. And let me tell you, I want to use them as an example of what we understand as kindness and goodness. Kindness. They genuinely care about us. We built a relationship with them, all right? Uh, we have actually interact in different ways outside of the medical office. Every time we come in, they give us a hug. And they don't do that with other patients. They're kind to us, all right? Uh, Dr. Embry Schubert would come out of her uh, examining rooms. I'm in the lobby waiting for Brenda, and she'd come out. How are you doing? We talk about kids. We talk about God. Great. She gives me a hug. I love that. Dr. Scott Kono, amazing kindness, all right? He's not a hugger. I know he's not a hugger, all right? But he gives us a hug, and it's just because he wants to express to us his kindness. We feel that. But wouldn't he be a bad doctor if he just came in and was kind and said, you know, you're just, you're going to be okay, you know? Uh, oh, all the reports, they show that you've got a month, but you're going to be okay, you know? It, you see what I'm saying? Kindness is a good disposition of your heart. But how many of you in a doctor's office want truth? So when we met with Dr. Emery Schubert the first time, she was so kind and loving, and we asked these questions, and she said, hey, here's the statistics. Here's what you're in for. This is what's going to happen, all right? We appreciated her truth. There was goodness. And so in that, she is honest, and he is honest with us. They provide with us quality care. That's goodness. And they give to us above expectations. So we have doctors that are kind, they care about us, but they are good and they go above and beyond to meet our medical needs, all right? It's the same as parents, all right? If you're a parent here, all right, hopefully you feel a kindness, a love for your kids. Uh, some days you may not, I understand, I've been there, all right? But how many of you want your kids to be whole and happy? Raise your hand. Yeah, we want the best for our kids, there's no doubt. We're a very kid-centric society and culture, all right? But how many of you say, oh, hey, go eat all the junk food you want. Go play in the highway, you know? We stop them there and say, hey, it's for your good that you don't do this. Goodness, from a parent's perspective, is also protection. Now, when you have little kids, they don't like that, do they? All right? They don't like the fact that they're restrained or restricted from playing in the highway, but we give them discipline. We give them parameters. We give them opportunities. We give them the best we have. That's goodness. Now, God is the same way to us, and you'll see today. He is kind. He has a heart for us. But he's good, and sometimes people don't understand. They think and misrepresent goodness for kindness. Sometimes God is good to you, but you don't realize it because you think he should be kind to you, and he's both. So why do we need this, all right? And I kind of broke this up into two areas. We need this just, first of all, as the human race. We just need this as the human race. Scripture tells us that in the beginning, we were made in the image of God. Sin entered in through the garden, disobedience, and it brought the curse of sin, all right? But even then, we were reflection in the image of God, so we have within us some capacity of God's kindness and goodness, just as human beings. But... It is limited. It is self-centered in its nature. 
How many of you have heard this statement? Practice random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty. It was uh, written in 1982 by a woman who was a writer. Uh, she actually wrote it on a placemat in a restaurant. And she was flipping the phrase that was prevalent at that time with what was going on. Random acts of violence and senseless acts of cruelty. She wanted to change that. She wanted to get in the American psyche. Hey, just go out. But, but did you get the word there, random? You see, if you have kindness in your heart, it's not a random thing. It's just who you are. And so it falls short. All right, I read this one. Kind people are my kind of people. And that was good. I wish I'd have invented that one. I like that one. It's kind of catchy. But did you catch that? Okay. It's kind of like I'm kind if you're kind. You're my people if you're a kind person. It's limited and self-centered. All right. Here's a couple others. Uh, Every parent has had this kindness. Don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I'll choke you with the same hands I fed you with. (laughs) You feeling the love there? Okay. Uh, The great philosopher Wiley E. Coyote is attributed with this one. When killing them with kindness doesn't work, try a baseball bat. (laughs) Results may vary. Look, all of these ideas of kindness are good. It's a part of us as the human race, but it's limited. And all of these that I mentioned have some kind of parameter that we as humans have. You know this is true because you live this. How many have determined in your heart, I'm going to be kind to my wife. I'm going to be kind to my husband. I'm going to be kind to my boss or whoever, that neighbor that just, I'm going to be kind. And you try and before long, you're just flipping out and aggravated and and doing things and, you know, things that you shouldn't do. People want to be kind and do good things. But how many would say, yes, it's difficult? Two of you? Let's see here. Where's lying on this one? Fruit of our spirits, love, joy. Well, it's not on this one, but it's other, elsewhere. But here, here's what I really want to get to you. The next, the next one is as the heavenly race. This is an area as the heavenly race. All right, so let me describe what that is. All right, the Bible talks about heaven on earth. We're a representation of God on this earth. We have the capacity through the Holy Spirit to be the kind of people that God wants us to be as a reflection of him. It is spirit-directed. All right? It is God moving in people's lives. Now, we've had many experiences in our life, I'll share a couple with you, that were truly acts of kindness and goodness. When we first started the ministry, we were very young. We started a church that, that really didn't provide a lot. They couldn't. But we were happy to be in the ministry. It was in Channel View, Texas. It was a blue-collar oil town uh, east of Houston. It was right off I, uh, Interstate 10. And uh, there was a McDonald's across the street from the church. And the church had a little house that was a parsonage. And nobody wanted to live there because everybody traveling I-10 that needed help and crazy people and McDonald's people always would come to that house because it was next to the church. But it was a parsonage. We were happy. We had a roof and uh, our, our, our little children, uh, child uh, Jeremiah, could, could, could be there. And, you know. So it was great. But we didn't get a lot of money out of that. They just gave us a house and 100 bucks a week. So it was really tough, and we got to the place where one specific week before we were paid, we didn't have any groceries. And I'm not exaggerating. Our cupboards were bare, and it wasn't mismanagement. It wasn't anything. We just didn't have any, all right? 
But Brenda and I were just trying to figure out how this works, and we just didn't know what we are going to do, but we figured we'll figure it out. All right, and so the doorbell would always ring, and you'd get travelers and goofy people. And so the doorbell rang, and <clears throat> sometimes you'd get those self-righteous church people, whatever. And so we were just reluctant. We go to the door, and at the foot of the door is several bags of groceries. Okay? We, to this day, don't know who gave them. But I want to I clarify something. Sometimes people, pastors, whatever, communicate a need and then when it's met, they're like, oh, God miraculously did this. I want you to know, if you want to see God miraculously work, keep your mouth shut. Because when it happens, you know that God intervened in a miraculous way. Nobody knew our plight. Nobody knew our situation. But all of a sudden, we're struggling. And somebody was spoken to by God's Spirit who said, go do this for this young family. And we had groceries. We had another situation when we started pastoring in South Carolina. We were uh, paying for two house payments. We were renting a house in the little town that we were ministering in. And the one that we had left in Charleston, we still had it. We're trying to sell it. It was very, very tight. And I will tell you, every month, miraculously, God would meet it. We're coming to the end. I think it was about five months in. And we're sitting at the dinner table and we're talking about hey, what are we going to do? Our kids are there. We just open conversation with Brenda. Hey, what are we going to do? Uh, tomorrow rent's due. We're $100 short. And we just didn't know what. And we were thinking, well, maybe they'll give us a couple days. And we'll try to figure something out like we all try to do. And so my daughter, Heather, she ran to the mailbox to get the mail. It comes and there was an envelope addressed to us. And you open it up and it had a happy face on the front. And you open it up and there was a $100 bill. And somebody said, Blessings. Now, I will tell you, that's a pretty big impact on my kids. But for me to know, God, listen, understand this. God is kind and God is good. But when his spirit speaks to people and they respond, that's a supernatural thing that's different than just seeing something and doing something out of human kindness. That is a supernatural, amazing work. And so it's a lifestyle when it's kindness that's heavenly. It is not just occasional. You are just kind. All right, And I know you're thinking, because I'm thinking, but there are times it's hard, and I agree. But the more and more you are with Jesus, the more and more it becomes a lifestyle. All right, The other day we had a fun thing. This is just how we live. We love our life. We're so blessed. I'm telling you, we're so blessed. So the other day we have a single mom from uh, Castle Rock campus. She's on the worship team. Great lady. We love her. And so we, uh, Brent and I took, uh, uh, went to uh, Cheesecake Factory. And so we saw her there, and she was just being seated by herself. And, um, you know, I, I felt like Brennan and I had some things to talk to, and I, I didn't want to just invade her time, you know. Uh, so I thought it would be good. I just felt in my heart it would be good. So we got her waiter and said, hey, just bring her bill to us. We want to bless her. All right, it wasn't a big deal. Look, it, it, don't think that you're, oh, man, that pastor's promoted. I'm not. It wasn't a big deal. It was just... A single mom's dinner, and it's great, all right? And if we could have done it without her knowing it, I would have done it without her knowing it. But she saw us, and she figured it out and came in and was kind and thanked us. But so that's the way we want to live our lives. But here's how God works, all right? Uh, uh, Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, uh, Brenda wasn't feeling well that night. She was home, so uh, I called her up and said, hey, do you want, do you want to split uh, something from Costa Vida? She said, oh, that'd really be good. So I go by Costa Vida, if you know, it's down there uh, on Target, near, across from Target. And so I stand in line, I order, and I get to the checkout, and this young guy says with a big smile, hey, dude, you don't owe me any money. 
I was like, well, is this free Costa Vida Day? He said, no. He said, somebody took care of yours. And, and so I'm looking around like, well, who's somebody? You know, I wanted to thank him. I couldn't find anybody. I don't know who did that. All right. But hey, listen, when you live with God, when it's a lifestyle, he just blesses your socks off. He does things for you that you're doing, but it's a lifestyle. It's not just an occasion. All right. For those who are living a life for God, it's an inside out work. Why is that? Well, first of all, let's go back to your notes. Number one, you're created for that purpose. Do you realize that God created you to be kind and to do good works? Ephesians says, for we are his, God's workmanship. So let's start there. God, he made us. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If you are in and living that kind life, you're just going to be aware that you're created to do that. And when you hold that back, you hold back God and his work in this earth as a witness to the world. Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and what? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It isn't about us. It's about glory to God. The way of the world that we talked about earlier is you do this for me and I'll do it for you. It's very self-motivated. It's just the way it is. But the way of heaven, think about what Jesus said. He said, if you are kind to others, all right, what kind of people is he talking about? Love those, pray for those, be kind to those, be good to those that are mean, ornery, rough, hateful people. That's the way that Jesus said that we should be. That's the heavenly way of kindness. And the last, we reflect the character and the nature of God. Psalms tells us this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, one of many in Psalms. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting. Man, God is always kind, and he's always good. And then this one's really one of my favorite verses in this message. Titus, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done. We were goofballs. And God said, I don't care. I'm going to extend kindness and goodness. I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you heaven. I'm going to give you good things in eternity. And it says, because of his mercy, he washed away our sin, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. How many would say that's a pretty good deal? Because I'll tell you this, this guy doesn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God, in his sacrifice of his son and his love for us, in his kindness and goodness. That's a perfect example of kindness and goodness. God's heart for us, heart for our eternity, heart for our salvation. His act of goodness was his son's death to pay for our sins. Quite amazing, to be honest. Now, let me give you a little thought. Okay. Religion, all right, is this idea of trying to look good or in your own ability be kind and good. Now, I, I'll come back to that. But I want to equate it this way. I was so jealous of Dan. If you hadn't seen his message in this series on cake, it's really good. I was trying to think, is there some cookie analogy I could do or <laughs> pudding? I don't know. I couldn't come up with anything. But I did see in my mind this illustration. All right? How many have ever seen plastic fruit that looks so real you want to bite in? They are so good with that. And so I think religion... I think our own efforts are like that plastic fruit. It looks good, but it's not the real deal. It's not, it's not what you expect, all right? 
It's kind of like, God, here's all my efforts. Here's my plastic fruit. Hey, bless this. Make me, make me look good in front of everybody. That happens in the church sometimes. So people do kind things, but it's for the wrong reasons. It's not real from their heart. All right? The question is this. Do we try and make the fruit good in order to make the tree good? Think about that. If you want good fruit, what do you do? You have a good tree. You have a good root system. You, you protect it. You help it to grow. You help it to produce good fruit. But sometimes in our faith, in our Christian walk, we just bypass all that work, the important work of abiding in the Lord, and we live a life then that is just all of our efforts producing plastic fruit. All right, you can't do that. Matthew tells us, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot have or cannot bear bad fruit and a, <laughs> and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Didn't know that'd be that hard to read. <laughs> we have to know that abiding in the Lord, that inward capacity requires God's Holy Spirit. It is where you cultivate that fruit. It is where your lives become not just natural, but supernatural. I answer this question all the time. People say, don't know how to pray. I don't hear from God. I don't know how to read the Bible. Listen, we want to do everything we can to help you because we know this. In God's word, you build great trees. You build and produce good fruit. In that time of praying and hearing from God, his spirit works in you to produce that in you. So where do we get it? There are four things that I wrote down there. And it's based on Galatians 7. I'm not going to refer to them, but I'm going to just pull out of that passage. You could read it later if you're interested. Four things. Number one, growing in maturity produces the fruit and kindness and goodness. Okay? You're going to always harvest what you plant, Galatians tells us. Okay? Except for one thing. There's, there's a caveat here. How many of you plant weeds? They come. They come, okay? They come. Sounds like a movie. The weeds, they come. <laughs> All right, we have to get rid of those weeds. But you know what? They don't produce anything, all right, except more weeds. But the garden that we have and the garden that we planted, we work hard to make sure those plants are growing and maturing, all right? The Holy Spirit does that in us as we are abiding and planted and rooted in him. Number two, a process of yielding to the Spirit of God in our lives. And uh, Galatians in that passage says, those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. If you're uh, a gardener or you have plants and you know a little about that, there's different kinds of things that are bad for the plant. Fungus, disease, uh, bugs, all that kind of stuff. All right, That's sinful nature in our lives. When we allow that to stay there, all right, it hurts and hinders the maturing and the fruitfulness of our life. Pastor John did a great message last week. If you haven't heard it, go back. But I, his takeaway is real simple for me. I summed it up in, in these four words. Uh, following sin or fighting sin. If you allow sin to just stay there and you're comfortable with it, you're going to have disease, you're going to have uh, fungus, you're going to have junk in your spiritual life. You're not going to be able to be uh, growing and maturing and producing because you're not yielding to the Spirit. But if you're openly, honestly trying to fight whatever that is and asking God to help you, all right, when you live that life that is kind and you do good to others. Scripture says that that is an act of spiritual warfare. You probably didn't realize that. 
but it is an act of spiritual warfare. So when you demonstrate a kind heart and good acts, you are defeating Satan. I just think that's powerful. Number three, becomes a part of our nature. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Pastor John last week said it's his favorite verse, life verse. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Now, the past couple of years, we've planted the garden. They have not done well. Don't know. We don't know what we're doing, maybe. I don't know. But we're planting. We had all sorts of things happen the last couple of years. So this year, all right, we got a late start, but we got all our plants in, uh, you know, in spite of hail damage and all sorts of things like that. So we had one plant, a tomato plant in this uh, uh, planter, in this, this thing, this vase, whatever you call it. And so it had the biggest tomato and it slowly started to grow, and then eventually it started a little orange, and then, man, it got a little red, and we were like just, oh, we're going to have a tomato. You ever had that feeling? <laughs> we're going to have a tomato, all right? And we just looked every day at that tomato, and we were waiting for that tomato, and the birds were waiting for that tomato, and so we you know, covered it up, and, and I said last night, and I didn't say it today, but I was like, I was real tempted to you know, take care of those birds with a little pellet gun, and a lady came up to me and said, you shouldn't kill birds. They're good for our environment. And I didn't kill the bird. I was just joking, saying, you know, I wanted to kill the bird. So anyway, so in kindness today, in a heart of kindness, I'm not killing any birds, okay? Rabbits, yes. Birds, no. <laughs> just being honest. <clears throat> okay. And the rabbits are eating that stuff too. So uh, anyway, uh, they're fair game, just telling you. So finally, finally, Little red tomato is ripe. Brenda picks it, brings it in, and we were busy that day. And I know this is really bad, but I was just so like, oh, we're busy today. I can't, I don't want to just eat that thing fast. I, I wanted to wait for a moment, a celebration, you know, a ceremony. So uh, I think it was the next day and we had some time. So Brenda sliced that thing up, okay? And and you could just smell the freshness of that tomato. And, and so... Uh, we each got three little slices because of a little tomato, all right? Put a little dust in the salt there. And so took a bite, and oh, I heard angels singing. It was so good. It was, you know what I'm talking about? You ever had a tomato out of your garden that just is our first tomato? It was a, so awesome. And, and I was like, oh, this is, this is so good. And we looked at each other, and, and you could see in our eyes this longing for more. And we're waiting for the next tomato, all right? But that garden fresh burst of flavor, all right? The point, you got to stay with it. It's worth it, all right? The spiritual work that God, you're like that tomato that if you stay with it, if you hang in there, it's going to happen and burst forth like a garden fresh tomato. That's the kind of people God wants us to be. The last Here's what happens, though. Because we're human, because we deal with our flesh, we're instructed in this passage of Galatians to work at it. The Holy Spirit's going to help you, but to work at it. He says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. This is cool, especially to those in the family of faith. Now, I know our mindset is be good to the world, be a witness, I understand that. But the writer here says, hey, be good to the people in your family of faith. Those that are your brothers and sisters in your faith, be good to them, all right? The writer of Hebrews says the same thing. He says, don't neglect coming together. When you come together, you encourage each other to do good. So we're here today to encourage you to do good, all right? I want to live what I teach. I want to be here today. I want to encourage you to, 
do the same, to live out that idea of kindness. I love being here a part of GFC. We are blessed. Uh, I love Pastor John and Chris and the leadership and churches. They go through seasons, but I love, I love you. You and new people here today, people that I've met for the first time, many of you that I've known a long time, I want kindness to just come through me every way and every day in your lives. I want to wrap it up with this, Romans 7, 4. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Can you say amen to that? Why don't you stand with me and I'm going to pray. Father, definitely this world is just filled with a lack of kindness and goodness. And we as your children can have the opportunity that in you and through you, we can be that light and that witness to this world. But interesting enough, that begins here in your house, in your place, in your family. And I pray that, Lord... You you help us, even at this very day as we're leaving here, to look at ways to be kind, to demonstrate goodness to one another. Let that be the hallmark of JFC. And I pray, Lord, that as you help us, we enjoy the benefit of that as we are more kind, more loving, more good each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Let the Word of God speak to all of our hearts to action we pray in your name. Amen.